Hey guys, welcome in. Hope you've had a great week. This is another episode of Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Um, as you'll notice, I don't have my co-hosts with me, but that is because, as I mentioned last week, we are splitting this episode from last week's episode on the Gospels because we ran over a lot. So whereas last week we were focusing on the Epistles and the Gospels and how they show up in the Epistles, this week we're going to be focusing on our actual testimonies and how we can preach the Gospel through our testimonies. So, um, yeah, if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, follow us on Facebook, Free Wine and Eleven Bread. Go to uh, our Instagram, follow us there, the.wine.is.free, um, and go to our YouTube page and hit the subscribe button. Without further ado, here is um, the last episode in this series on the Gospels. Please enjoy. Uh, so another thing that Winnie mentioned is that while we are here on this earth, that we need to preach the Gospel. Yes. So let's get back into that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about how we need to preach the Gospel, um, how we can witness the life of Christ to other people. Um, So one question I want to ask you guys is how would you witness and account the gospel to somebody who is inquiring about it? I heard this saying once, and it was preach the word. Like, go out and preach the word and only use your words when you have to. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is saying is just how you live your life will say so much more. I mean, your words are important and they absolutely carry weight, but how you live your life is going to represent the gospel and spread it like no other. It's going to be having relationship with God and relationship with others. Those are the two greatest commandments. And Jesus talked about that. He said, love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, a lot of times we're trying to correct people that we don't love. You can't lead people you don't love. Mm -hmm. We come to God because his goodness leads men to repentance. It's that relationship that changes us, not we change and then we go to him and then all of a sudden the relationship's good. No, because of relationship with him, we change. When we have relationship with others and they see God in our life, when this relationship's what it's need to be, you don't always have to say something here with people because that will naturally come out in your life. And then he will tell you the appointed time the thing to say, um, to sow the seed when it needs to be sown. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because if you sow seed all the time, sometimes God might be telling you to water or to plant or, you know, whatever. And you have to make sure that you're this relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is the most important thing. And these other relationships will line up. That's, that's the commission. It's going out. Mm-hmm. Jesus did preach to crowds, but more than that, he had relationship with them. He made sure that they were fed. He had compassion for them. He didn't just preach at them and then send them away because he felt like he got the word he needed out because he said something. It was what he did. It was who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I want to go back to Matthew, and it's Matthew 28, and it's at the end, and it's what Jesus tells us to do. And... The Great Commission, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So he doesn't say, you know, like people are just going to come in. He says, you go out. He says, authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Now you go. 
So it's it's the great commission. It's not just the great invitation. Mm-hmm. And I think I had mentioned this on a previous one before, but I was listening to John Maxwell and his anointing and his teaching for lost people. It's just so, man, it's just so beautiful. And he was talking about there are people that are never going to step foot in your church. that are never going to step foot in a church. And he was like, there are people beyond these walls that need the gospel. And he was like, it's called the great commission, not the great invitation. And I was like, and he was talking about with business people that the difference with them and Christians is most of them, if he said there was like 80% that haven't been reached like with the market or whatever, they wouldn't still be in the seat. They would be going out there figuring out how they could reach them. Mm, Yeah. That's the difference. And I was like, I need to get up out of my seat and leave this conference and go do what I'm supposed (laughs) to be doing. Yeah. It's still important to include them into the church life though, because we are called to uh, live life together and um, all that. Uh, But something that I wanted to add was that our testimonies are also important Mm -hmm. because Jesus Christ has worked in our lives and he, and he has provided a redemptive work. He has, in our life, we have lived, died, and been resurrected with Christ. We are resurrected with Christ. Uh, and so I want to, like, dive into that a little bit on, like, how has Christ redeemed us personally? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I was walking in so much sin. And I would say that I was kind of like Thomas, the doubter. Like, I believed in Christ. I believed I had had a relationship with him. But I... Thomas didn't do this, but I walked away from him. And I was very skeptic towards Jesus Mm -hmm. later in life because of that. Um, So when Jesus was pulling on my heartstrings, trying to get me to come back to him, I was constantly just pushing him away, pushing him away. No, because I don't see you. No, because I don't see the wounds on your hands, the wound, wound in your side. Um. I don't see what you've done and I don't see what that means for me. And so I kept on living my life trying to do life as I pleased. The thing is though, is that like it just kept messing up. It just kept falling apart. Everything that I was trying to build. Um, I got to a point in my life where I didn't feel like I could trust anybody. I feel like the only person I could trust was myself. But even then I didn't trust myself either. Because I had been dealing with so much self-loathing, self-doubting. I questioned every decision that I made and felt like I couldn't even depend on my own self to do what I wanted to do, to get what I wanted done to be done. Um, But the thing is, is that Jesus Christ, he finally came in, broke down the walls of my heart, got me to trust him when I couldn't trust anybody else. And that's how he redeemed me. Mm -hmm. But that took a lot of faith. It took saying, God, even though I don't understand, I'm going to believe that this is true. Yeah. And so he took my inability to trust. He put it up on the cross. And he crucified it. And he crucified me with it. But when I got baptized... I was resurrected with him. And now, because of that, I get to live a life where I don't 
do the things that I want to do. I do the things that he wants me to do, not out of obligation, but out of love for him mm-hmm. because I know that he is true because I have now finally seen those wounds and seeing what they've done for me and seeing that they glorify him, that they bring the father glory. And I realize that that's all I want now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to be true for all of us is that we want to do what brings God glory. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Definitely. So. Yeah. It's funny you say that I've actually been, um, I don't, I don't always share um, what I pray, but something that I've been praying and since you had said it is I've been asking God, I'm like, Lord, I want to see your glory in my life. I'm not, I don't want to stand here and just keep believing for things that I just want. I need to see your glory in my life. And I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied until the I do. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a, we had a vision party for the year for our team and um, she gave out, basically she had said something about each of us that she's seen us grow in or stuff like that. And we each got a little trophy. And the one that was given to me was glory to glory. And I've just, yeah, wow. mm-hmm. that just keeps coming up. And I'm just so excited because when you just see his glory and his goodness in your life, yeah. all that other stuff that you're really thinking you're worried about, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... It's crazy how you say that because, you know, Dalton, that your your testimony is always really touching to me because, um, you know, trust is something that's it's really hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my life, kind of going off what what Whitney said, I mean, God was planting seeds in my life very early, like high school early. Um, uh, I will share this story because it happened so long ago. And, like, it kind of started me on a path to where I am now. Um, so this was this was back in my junior year in high school. Um, up until that point, I was raised in the church. So I was, like, I had a very passive relationship with God, which honestly is no relationship at all, to be honest. I didn't have a relationship with God. I don't even know why I said that. But, like, I would basically I would pray when I was told to pray. I would say amen when I was told to say amen. And um, I did get baptized when I was 15. But I just continued living the way that I was. Um, and my junior in high school, um, I did become sexually active with somebody. And um, I think it was a few weeks later, like I started experiencing symptoms of something. Um, thought it might be something. And so, you know, I was a junior in high school. I was so scared, like terrified. And like... <clears throat> I was just like, how am I going to tell my parents? All these thoughts are running through my head. And um, I remember at school, like, I was just so worried about it. And I asked my buddy, like, I was like can you come with me to this clinic to see what's up? He's like, yeah. So um, I'm really worried about it. We make the appointment. The night before I'm supposed to go, um, at the time I worked at Kroger. And so I had just gotten off work. Um, there was a guy that worked there who had – one of the most strong relationships with Jesus that I, I've ever seen. And he just had a way of speaking to people that didn't believe that was just mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and he and I were close and um, I'm, I'm going out to my car and you know, he's, he stops me he's out there doing cards or whatever. So he stops me and jokes around with me. He's like, you seem like something's going on. Like, are you good? And then God just put it on my heart to tell him mm-hmm. right then and there, like mm-hmm. 
this is what's going on. Like, yeah. And so he's like, dude, we let's pray right now. Like right now in this parking lot, let's pray. And so it's funny because he was wearing the orange vest. So like, (laughs) I mean, this was right in the middle of the parking lot. He just started praying. Like he didn't care who heard. He just prayed for me. And the next day, of course, I was still scared, but I had this like renewed strength about it. Um, and so we got there and it was by far the most demasculating thing that any walking into a, a clinic is wouldn't recommend it for anybody. I mean, <laughs> not that anyone anyways, but yeah. So, um, they did the blood work, the tests or whatever. And, um, they gave me a few pills or whatever to, to send me on my way. They're like, we'll call you in a few days if we find something. So, um, a few days later, symptoms are gone and they give me a call and they're like, we didn't find a thing. Wow. Not a nice. thing. That's right. And so I went to another doctor and can, they confirmed it. And so like when I got that call, I was at work, I was in the parking lot in the same place where we prayed. That's and he was sitting on the end, like he was there. He'd just gotten off work. And I looked at him and I was like, come here. Like, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. And so I just hugged him and I was like, man, like you have no idea like what this means. Yeah. And ever since that's when I started to like in my mind, it started turning. Like, do I have a relationship with God? Like, I, I don't even know. I didn't deserve this. Like I was the one that committed the sin. Like what? And at that point, that's when the wheel started turning. And then that just manifested. Like, of course I had to go through that relationship that I'd always talk about. And like through that, it was like, it was, it was a step at a time in the right direction until finally God was like, do you trust me or do you not? Like I've revealed these things to you. I've shown you when you didn't know What's it, what's it going to be? Like, are you doing this or are you not? And then, like, at that point, the community came and, like, just all the things started lining up to where, like, he was giving me this the strength to do it. And so I did. And, like, I still feel like I'm in the midst of that because mm-hmm. the resurrection of Jesus, we were talking about how, like, Paul talks about how, you know, take – put away the old self, be born again to the new. And like, I had to do that. Like basically just cut off everything and start over. Like, and I'm still in the midst of that and I'm still exploring that right now. So like, I don't feel like I've hit that point where I'm like, yeah, like this happened. And it's like, that's my testimony. I feel like I'm in the midst of it right now. And so, yeah. So I don't know. I just, I feel like every day he's he's showing me something I didn't know before. Yeah. And it's just it's exciting and it, it gives me hope every day. Mm-hmm. And so every day that hope renews. I mess up, I feel terrible, I talk to God, he gives me that hope every time. So That's that good. was very long-winded, but No, that no. was good. That was no, it's good. It's good. You know, the disciples spent a whole day thinking that Jesus Christ was dead. And that that was their new life. And Peter, he ended up going back to right where he was before he met Jesus. Fishing all day, fishing all night. 
not catching a thing. But Jesus Christ, when he is resurrected, he comes back and he reveals himself. And Peter, he, like, it doesn't really make much sense, but he throws on his cloak instead of taking it off. And Hmm. then he jumps into the water. But it's not, like, this pretty dive or anything. (laughs) It, he, it's the scripture says he throws himself into the water. <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball! <laughs> like I just imagine just like arms flailing, mm. big splash, and then he's like swimming over. And then John in his, um, in his only the way that he would tell it, he's like, and then the rest of us we you know rode the rowboat over and pulled all the fish that we had just caught <laughs> without Peter's help. <laughs> Bruh. But. I say all that to say that, like, you're probably, right, right now, what you're describing is probably that day. Mm-hmm. That day where it's like, I know who Jesus said he was, and I know that he is God. I'm just waiting for the revelation. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to see him again. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for that revelation of, like, what he's, what he's really been doing through all of these steps in my life. Right. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Assembly required. <laughs> Assembly yeah. required. Yeah. But once you do, you're going to throw yourself into the sea. <laughs> and you're going to uh, swim up to him and he's going to have breakfast for you. Right. Right there. That's my favorite part is that like Jesus was making breakfast and like he had basically barbecued some fish. And I'm just like, Jesus made taste buds. Right. <laughs> that is probably the best tasting fish that there ever has been. <laughs> like, I picture him saying, like, some dad joke or something. Like, look what washed up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, have some breakfast. <laughs> like, But there's significance in that, too, is that, like, so they had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught a thing. Jesus re- recreates the miracle that he, like, performed when, he f- when Peter first met him. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus already had fish. Yeah. He already has what you're looking for. Mm. He already has what you're trying to get. Right. You just got to swim up to him. Mm-hmm. So. I read this verse earlier, and it, earlier, and it said um, all of, I think it was like all of the promises are found in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he is the promise that we need as well. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, not just the healer, not just the healing, but give me the healer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Uh, Corianne, did you want to share anything? Um, yeah, sure. I can share a little. I know we're we're running long here, but yeah, uh, we can cut out what no, we need I'm to cut out. I was, uh, I'll cut this out, but I was planning on just like cutting out each of our things. Oh, okay, man. So take your time. Okay, so I was raised in the church from forever, but I feel like so the church that I was raised in, I'm so thankful for. Like I came into my knowledge of Jesus there. But I don't think that a solid relationship was ever formed. And I think I had a lot of issues with trust, kind of like you were saying earlier. Um, There was a lot of judgment that I experienced in that church and just that my family kind of experienced. And it was just such a, a condemning environment. And so that was kind of always how my view of God was, that he was never fully, like, satisfied with me and that I wasn't good enough and that everything every little thing that I messed up on was just like total disappointment in his eyes. And like, he would never forgive me for things. And I I just had a a really bad warped view of God. And so that really lasted into my teens. And 
I ended up just not going to church anymore. So I think from like for all of high school, I didn't go to church up until a lot of college. I didn't go to church just because I was so tired of Christians and just the judgment that was behind so much of what I'd seen. And I'm sure that's something that, you know, just talking to different people, a lot of people today that have turned away from church. And I can totally understand that because in a lot of church environments, there is so much judgment and that's so unfortunate. But anyway, um, I remember one time in college, I was just walking around campus and I don't know if I've shared this before. I might have, but uh, there was like different clubs set up and I talked to this one and it was a Christian club. And one of the first questions the girl asked me was, are you sure you're going to heaven? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like if you die. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And she's like, you're pretty sure. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, why would you ask that? Like it, I was so mad that she asked that. And I walked away in just like a terrible mood. I was so annoyed like the rest of the day. And for like, honestly, for like a couple years, like that would always like ring in my head and kind of annoy me. But I realized it was that moment that really got me thinking, like, why am I not 100% sure I'm going to heaven? You know, and I think it was because that relationship wasn't like fully there. Like that Abba, Father, relentless love relationship wasn't there. And I didn't view God as this just massive love you know like he loves us so deeply like whether we are living in sin or we're living for him like he loves you he loves us so much like we are his prized possessions and I just never saw it that way like I never realized that and so I think after that point when I talked to that girl um it just really got me thinking and it got me pursuing Jesus, honestly. And then I ended up plugging into many different churches just throughout my moves, my many moves in the (laughs) last few years. And I've just, like, God's just shown me in so many different ways in the times of my life that have been really difficult and where I've been super lonely and felt rejected and just like a misfit, which I felt like most of my life. Like, I feel like I never really fit in anywhere I am. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like Jesus loves me so much. And like, he has that full acceptance, you know, when you seek after him and you build that relationship with him, like I've experienced it. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on around me or, you know, who I have in my corner, like he's there and that's all that matters. And yeah, I've just, I've come out of that feeling of being judged and just realized his love. Yeah. Nice. So, what? How do you? How would you say that Jesus has redeemed that situation? I think he's redeemed it in just showing me who he is, because I I never realized exactly yeah. who he was, mm-hmm. and so building that relationship, that like true intimate relationship. awesome oh i'm not speaking into the mic yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um well guys we are insanely over time for this episode so we are going to go ahead and cut it off but uh we will be back next week to talk about sharing the gospel a little bit more and how we can encourage you to do the same because as christians that is what we are called to do love god love people proclaim christ we'll see you next week